have a Bible app on your phone or your iPad, uh, find the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 1. 1 Timothy, chapter 1. Last week, I began sharing with you and took most of the, the, our time talking about God's faithfulness. And uh, how many know it's important to know the character of God and His commitment to faithfulness? He is a faithful God. What does that do for us? That allows us, enables us to have faith in Him. If, if someone is not faithful, you cannot have faith in them. You can't trust them. God's faithfulness uh, basically reveals that He is reliable, that we can count on Him, that if He said it, He'll do it, period, period. Say, well, God can change His mind. Well, no, not, not if He gave you a promise. huh? If He gave you a promise, it's, it's certain. It's absolutely forever settled in heaven. Yeah. yeah, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And, and so the more we can relate to him uh, with that knowledge, of course, our faith soars. Amen. But then, of course, we are told to be imitators of God. Yeah. And if God is a faithful God, then we should seek to be faithful children of our faithful God. And that ought to be high on our list. Just like a relationship with God is not possible if He is not faithful. In other words, we can't trust Him. Well, likewise, a relationship with us is not possible or greatly reduced or limited. You know, if we are not faithful. How many know others in our lives need to be able to count on us? And if, you, if someone, if you can't count on them, it just really messes things up. Right at the same time, God should be able to count on us. Yeah? Do you have a relationship with Him that works both ways? Where you count on Him, you trust Him, you rely on Him, but then also, you've shown yourself faithful, and He counts on you. And He relies on you. Huh? Where if He needs something done, He knows, hey, I can ask so-and-so. They're always available. They're always ready. They'll always give me a yes. They'll always respond and do. See, that's the kind of relationship with God that ought to exist. That's the best case scenario. And he'll always hold up, hold up or uphold his end. Even if you are faithless, he will remain faithful. But the best case, again, is we can rely on him. But then it works the other way and he can rely on us. And this is the kind of house we're building here. Life Church is a faithful church, full of people that are dependable between one another and in response to God, where He can rely and count on us to be a part of, uh, of His plan and what He wants to do. Let me remind you of, uh, of a couple verses before we read there, 1 Timothy. Proverbs 28, verse 20 reads, A faithful man will abound with blessings. That sounds good to me. Abundance of blessings. All right. How do I get it? Well, just beg God for it. Just, uh, no, be faithful. Be faithful. And it's built into the faithful life. 
an abundance of blessings. Right on the other hand, uh, Proverbs 13, 15 reads, The way of the unfaithful is hard. Is hard. Say, I don't want a hard life. Good. Then focus on being a faithful person. Now, I had you turn to 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. This is Paul writing to Timothy, letter from Paul to Timothy. Paul's an apostle. Timothy's uh, uh, pastoring at, at this point, and he's, he's Paul's son in the faith, not his biological son, but in a spiritual uh, manner. We often have fathers in the faith, sons in the faith. And, and it, Paul writes to him and says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who enabled me because... He counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Now, what did faithfulness produce in, 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 in Paul's life? Well, it produced an ability for God to use him. God said, Paul, you are a faithful man, and so I'm going to enable you. I'm going to put things in you. I'm going to put you in the ministry. I'm going to use you for my purposes and for my kingdom because you are a faithful person. What does God do with faithful people? He enables them. He puts them in a place of usefulness. If you've ever had a desire at all, and I think probably most of us have, to live a a life of purpose. If you've ever had a desire to live a full life, meaning it has value. It has even more than temporal value. It has eternal value, meaning your, your time here on the earth, how brief it may be, but your time on the earth counted for something. It made a difference for eternity. It affected other people's lives. Well, God uses, who does he use? Faithful people. He calls their name. If you want to get something done, how many know we all have this going on in our lives? There are certain people you don't you just don't call because you just don't know if they're going to show up, right? Have you, have you ever have you ever called a business to do some work for you, and uh, and and they had a, a time and a place and they didn't show up, and you called and said, hey, I, I thought this was going to be fixed. This was important. I, I needed this done. And they said, well, you know, and they had excuses. They had different reasons and they didn't come. How many know the next time you need something done, you're not calling them? Yeah. Even if they were capable, even if they were able to do the job, maybe they could do it well. But it's like sometimes you just need to know that someone's going to do what, they're, what they said they were going to do. And so you stop calling on certain people. I don't want to be that one. I don't want anybody to be that one with family. I don't want to be that one with friends. I don't want to be that one, most importantly, with God. To where he calls on me and nothing gets done. So after a while, he starts calling on someone else. I remember hearing from one um, very well-used person of God in, in ministry and, and so forth. And I mean, tremendous miracles and mighty things happening. And, and they had made the statement, something to the effect of, uh, and I don't, I guess the Lord revealed this to them, but it doesn't sound like a compliment that he did, but they said that the Lord dealt with four or five other people before him. Uh, but the others didn't say yes. The others weren't available. The others didn't answer that call. He would have used them. They would have been rewarded for it in eternity forever. They'd have been held in high esteem to be used of God. And the Lord dealt with all these people. No, no, busy, can't do it, all this stuff. And then they got to this person. This person said, oh, yeah, I'll do it. I want to be that person. Amen. Yeah, in all of life. And, and I see that this is very valuable with the Lord. Um, are there people uh, which, but with, much, with much unused potential here? 
potent, possibly? Could there be those who have an ability to do great things, but it's being untapped? Well, that could be that could be a waste. Uh, can God rely upon you? If He needs something done, do you raise your hand? Say, Lord, here am I. Use me. I'm available. Okay, that's the kind of person He is. You call upon Him, He's there. And I want to say, Lord, if you call on me, I'll be there. I'll be ready to go. Proverbs 25 and verse 19 talks about this this subject. It says, confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a bad tooth and a foot out of joint. You get that picture? (laughs) Confidence in who? An unfaithful. In other words, don't put confidence in an unfaithful man. How many know what your teeth are designed to do? Smash food. Right? (laughs) To chew up food. How many know it's not designed that you put food in your mouth and the food would smash the tooth? Anybody ever had that happen before? All right, a few people have had, yeah, you bit down on something and your tooth gave way. (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) And uh, that's not not supposed to be that way, right? What we want is teeth that are reliable. I crunch down and the food gives a burst of flavor (laughs) and nutrition and so forth. But my teeth are what are solid or what are reliable. When you get up from your your seat uh, in a little bit here today... uh, how many want your feet to hold you up? If you've ever, maybe some of you have had that before. You maybe you had an injury or something. You got up on your foot and your foot did not hold your body up. Yikes! That's a, that's what he's saying here. He, he's saying that's what like a, that's what an unfaithful person is like. You can't count on them. Can't rely upon them. You don't know if they're going to do what you need them to do. Amen. But what will the Lord do with faithful people? Again, He will put them where He can use them. He said, Paul said, he put me in the ministry. Well, he will put you in a place of usefulness. Your life will count. Your life will matter. And, uh, and, and he'll be able to, to funnel resources through you because you'll do the right thing with them. This is a, this is a faithful person. I remember years ago, uh, back when I was, I was doing, leading the worship and so forth, uh, but we had one guy who came and wanted to be a part of the team and and he had an ability to play a certain instrument, and he had, you know, he did a fine job playing that instrument. But then we'd have rehearsal, and he'd come late. And sometimes he was there, and sometimes it's like, man, where's so and so? And it's like, ah, and it, it would hold up the whole group. We couldn't do what we needed to do because the person wasn't there. And uh, and then there were times when when did, when this person didn't even show up. I mean, we'd have a service. We're getting ready for church. You know, this is kind of important. And, and we were, were waiting on him. And, and he didn't show up. And then you'd contact him later say, hey, you were on. You were scheduled. Well, I know I had a, I had a flat tire. And, uh, okay, I imagine that can happen. It's happened for probably everyone at some point in life, but it was happening too often with him. <laughs> it's like, how many flat tires can you have? Or how many things can go wrong? You know, it seemed like there was regularly, there was something. And he had a reason, had an excuse. But after a while, says, we just had to say, look, son, we don't know when you're going to be here when you're not. We can't rely on you. So what happened? He was unable to be used. He couldn't be used anymore. There was a priority system there. Huh? I really believe, can I just tell you this? You might think you're biased because you're the pastor, and I totally am. But I think what we're doing here 
I think church is more important than anything else in life. I do. It's God's kingdom. It's eternal. I, I think, now don't take this the wrong way. This is more important than the mountain. This is more important than golf. This is more important than, okay, flying. Or this is more important than whatever. I'm not saying don't do all those things. I'm say, I am saying do those, stuff, those things when you have opportunity, whatever, and it's right. I'm just saying this is more important. It really is. And when, when, when the Lord sees that you and I have that mindset, we have that attitude towards his, his business, then we're going to be faithful. He can call on us and we're available. Amen. Uh, some people laugh at this, but uh, the, the way I treat and have for many years, even if I'm not speaking, but uh, the way I treat church is everything is lined out the night before concerning on a in relationship to a Sunday. I know what I'm going to wear. My breakfast is all set out. The bowl, the cup, the spoon, the pan, the measuring cup. You can figure out what I eat. Uh, and uh, all this is out there. Why? Not because I couldn't do it in the morning. I just want all that natural stuff. I don't want anything to get in the way. I you're not going to hear me calling in flat tire. Huh? So what if you get one? I'm running. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, you say, well, you have to. You're the preacher. Whatever. Uh, maybe that's true. But there's an attitude, a heart's attitude that says, I'm going to be available to God. And I'm, I'm going to conduct my life in such a way where there aren't a million things that can take me away from availability. So we prioritize. Amen. It's like some of you do that with vacation. I mean, realize there's those last-minute packers, but some of you got a vacation plan. You're packing a month in advance, <laughs> getting things ready and getting things lined out because you don't want last minute something to disrupt it, and all of a sudden you're you're stuck. Amen. All right, I didn't plan to say all that, so uh, that's bonus material. If I keep going, we'll have to take up another offering. <laughs> Turn with me to, to uh, Matthew uh, chapter 25, if you would. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Jesus often taught using parables. Uh, in, this, in this passage, well, in uh, chapter 24 and then 25, there are three parables that are mentioned. Uh, the faithful and wise servant. There's the parable of the ten virgins. And then that of the talents. And uh, we're going to read the latter one there. Uh, but what we see in, in all of these is uh, a focus and attention giving to people being ready uh, for the Lord's return. You, you know that because in part, Jesus ends these parables with the, the person who did it, handled it wrong, uh, has weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay? And, and, and so it's talking about being prepared, being ready for the Lord's return. How many think we should live our lives ready for Him to come back? Uh, I don't know if there's anyone here who's been goofing around and you're living like you have forever. You're living like your life is going to just last forever and ever and ever. It's not. It's not. For one, our lives are temporary and you could pass away. But secondly, the Lord's coming back. And all signs point to it's coming quick. Yeah? 
And, uh, and so not being ready, you're, you are living on dangerous ground there. And, and the Lord gives us these warnings, these words to say, hey, live ready. Be ready to go. Be, be, be on your guard. Don't let this thing catch you by surprise. Are there going to be many, many people who are caught off guard when, when the Lord returns? Oh, it'll be mass panic. For some, it'll be a great day of rejoicing and gladness. And others will be the worst day of their, of their existence. Why? Not ready. And so the Lord kept telling people, uh, do these things and be prepared. Uh, but then one of these uh, of these parables has to do with what, what we call, the, it's, we refer to it as the parable of the talents. I want to read some of that one. And uh, it not only refers to being ready for the Lord's return, it seems to give us some other insights into our lives as well. And so let's read Matthew 25, verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling into a far country who, who called his own servants and delivered to them, uh, delivered his goods to them. And to one, he gave five talents. Now, now the word talent there is a, a measurement of money. Okay, you see that later in the scripture. It's, it's, he gave them money. Uh, to another two, and to another one. So five, two, and one. They got these quantities of money. Uh, to each one, according to his own ability, and immediately he went on his journey. So, in this parable, why did this, this, uh, uh, this, this guy give to his servants the different measures? Because it was, in accordance with what they could handle. He said each one according to their ability. Uh, not according, one person doesn't receive goods according to another person's ability, but according to their own ability. How many know we shouldn't compare ourselves one with another? And say, well, I don't have what they have and I don't do what they can do. True. And you're not going to be held accountable for doing uh, what someone else is supposed to do either. And often when we compare ourselves with one another, we either feel, feel inferior or superior. We go away thinking, I'm better than them, or we go away feeling like, hey, they're better than me, I'm, I'm insufficient in some way. So that's why in Scripture we're, in, we're instructed to not compare ourselves one with another. We all have different callings, different abilities, different goods delivered to us, yeah? So do the right thing with what you have. Yeah. You also notice here that that, um, that the Lord's not a socialist. You saw that, right? You see, he didn't he didn't measure it out equal to everyone, and say we're going to give everyone exactly the same, lest anyone be uh, treated unfairly in some way. And uh, God doesn't think that way. Uh, and it, quicker we see that and recognize that quicker we'll be able to be at peace and at rest within our own lives and appreciating other people's lives and their abilities but he's not making everything even that, that, some of that is up to him he gives ability and different people have different abilities and so they're given different responsibilities based on those abilities amen how many know if you, if you were to take all the money in the world and, and put it in one big pile and divide it equally and give each person on the planet the exact amount of money. Everyone was completely the same. You know what would happen? Is the money would go back to the people, back the way it was. It might take a little while, but it'd end up back in the same hands. Yeah, because that's the way life is. That's the way things, things are. Say, so that's not fair. Well, life isn't fair. <laughs> Whoever said that, whoever said it was, 
But good news, God is fair. God, God is fair. And, and I, I can't control some of the things about my uh, origin or, you know, about being even being here. But the things I can control, the things that are in my power, are, are, are what has the Lord put in, in, in my life? What has he given me? What ability? What responsibility? What has he asked me to do? And, and independent of what anyone else does with their life, I can be faithful with what he's given me. And if I will be, that's enough. That's sufficient. I will not be measured against somebody else, and neither will you. We will not stand at the end of our lives and, 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 and the Lord puts us all against each other and say, oh, they did way more than you. How, what's, what's your problem? That is not the way it works. See, this is good news. Amen. Okay, and so uh, that, that's verse 15, verse 16. Then, then he who had received five talents went and traded with them and made, five, uh, made another five talents. And likewise, he who, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought other five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Stop there for a moment. Look, look at the language being used. The master was looking at them and was looking at their faithfulness, wasn't he? He said, well done, good and faithful servant. What happens to the faithful servant? According to this, if you handle few properly, then you are given many. Yeah? Uh, It's not uncommon for individuals to want more want many. I would like much. Have you ever pursued something more? As long as it's not something evil or, you know, wicked or sinful, uh, more is a good thing. You know, more this, more that. Uh, But what does the Lord look for? What determines, what governs a person going from few to many? What governs that is this whole subject we're talking about is faithfulness to do the right thing with the few. If I do the right thing with the few, I get many. If I do wrong, the wrong thing with the few, it gets taken from me. And that's fair. And that's right. That's just. That's the way it's supposed to be. Remember, Jesus saw a tree one day and it wasn't producing uh, like it ought to produce. And so he said, tear the thing, tear the thing out. And, and, you know, and he told, he's told the story and they said, well, let's dig around it and, and let's fertilize it and take care of it. Let's give it another year. And, uh, uh, he said, okay, you know, do that. And if it, if it produces after a year, then fine. If not, take it, take the thing out. It's wasting space in the ground. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. It's wasting space. The, you know, we ought not waste space. <laughs> and if a tree, if a apple tree is not producing apples, it should go away. Put something in there that produces something. Do you see how the Lord looks at things? Uh, when it comes to our lives, mm, this, this really makes a difference. If you've ever wanted more of something, you want, say, I want more money. Fine. 
more money is not necessarily sinful. The love of money is, is, is wrong, but having more money is often a very big blessing, right? We ought not spiritualize that and religiousize that and say, no, that's bad. You can't say that in church. No, more money is better. Yeah, especially for those of us who want to build large buildings and reach millions of people. Money is very helpful. Hugely helpful, right? Okay, and if you want more money, not, not a bad thing. What, what should you do if you want more money? Well, uh, here's the answer. It's be faithful with what money you have. That's the right thing to do. That's the, that's the correct approach. Am I doing right with what I have? What if I'm not getting more money? That would be my primary question. So I say, Lord, I need more. It's not coming. It's not happening. What's going on? It's not working here. I need to ask myself, am I doing what he wants me to do with what I have? Am I handling this correctly? How about this? Can he trust me to handle more and handle it properly? It has to do with faithfulness. Amen. Someone say, I want more... uh, I want God to use me more, more power, more anointing, more miracles, more gifts. I'm all about that, that discussion too. How do you get there? Is it just by asking for it? Well, a lot of people asking. But there are others who are doing the right thing with what they already have. And I find it kind of a, I don't know, a, a big deal. Because I want to reach millions of people. And, and, and why do I want to? Well, I think it's God in me. So, well, if God wants to and you want to, and uh, so what's going on? It's increasing as we are faithful with what he's given us. And if ever something is not happening in a, in a way that it should happen, that's where we look. Someone said, I want to have miracles through my hands. Well, you can. Don't get me wrong, but uh, anyone can. But at the same time, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says, but you shall receive power. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. In other words, what are we doing with what we've already got? If you've received power from the Lord through the Holy Spirit to be a witness, are, you ever talk about Him? Ever share Him? Say, well, I will as soon as I get, as soon as I can do what this person does. No, we start where we are, we use what we have, and He takes us from few to many. Amen. Now, listen, it works this way. I'm getting ahead of myself, but it works this way in in all of of life. We have stuff. Some of it's spiritual. Some of it's physical. How are we taking care of it? I have have this this personal conviction and belief that if I have a car, I should keep it clean. I should keep the oil changed. I should maintain it because we live in a fallen world. Stuff falls apart, so I should do what what I can. If I have a house, if I have a yard, the grass should be mowed. The weeds should be handled. Now, I don't mean that I do it perfect and it's all, you know, there are retired people that live around, around us and their yards are way better. They have all kinds of time <laughs> and they like it and it's like, good for you. But you uh, come over anytime you'd like. Uh, you know... But you get the point. It's like anything the Lord entrusts me with, I kind of think that's a big deal. I should take care of it. I should handle it as, as, as if it were somebody else's. And in reality, the Christian life is that. We're, we're, we're managers of God's uh, resources, his gifts, 
his anointing, his power, his promises, and his physical blessings. Amen. I think as a church, you know, we've been given this building to use. Uh, Say, what do you mean we've been given it? We gave offerings for this thing. (laughs) Yeah, I have too. Where did I get that money? Everything ultimately goes back to him. I I couldn't get out of bed if it weren't for him. You know, the air belongs to him. What are you going to do without that? (laughs) And it's a matter of being faithful. I think if we're faithful with this facility and, and using it for God's glory, he'll give us another one. He'll give us a bigger and better one and we'll reach more people. Yeah, and if we're faithful to do with whatever he has, he wants to increase us. He wants to increase you financially. He wants to increase you in your relationship with him. He wants to talk to you more. Well, what are you doing with what he's already said? See, that's where we go back to this. Well, I'm just asking the Lord. It's not all just about asking. It's about handling properly what he has already given. Faithful, diligence with what he's given us. Amen. Now, where did I stop reading? <laughs> 22. That's not like Verse 22. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. That sounds like the same thing we just read. Couldn't they have saved space in the Bible and just said the same way with the next guy? What happened with the guy with five happened with the guy with two could have i'd have got the point but he said the whole thing totally again took the time to sit repeat himself that means this is pretty important that means we better get this how you handle what's been given to you determines what happens next determines where you go from here you see how this works many people want to be given many things without being faithful with few things then verse 24 he who had received the one talent came and said lord i knew you to be a hard man reaping where you had not sown and gathering where you had not scattered seed and i was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground look there you have what is yours any talent hiders in the house any 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 okay this is awesome crowd everyone is uh, no one has stuff you don't want anyone to know about because they might ask you to use it Verse 26, uh, but the Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. Isn't that kind of strong language? Is it, that's, that's different than, you know, we think we always have to respond to people and say, well, that's okay. It's all right. No big deal. Better luck next time. <laughs> the, the, the Lord didn't always use that language. It's strong, sometimes strong language. Maybe we ought to adapt it, you know, adopt it. Wicked, lazy servant. You knew I reap where I, uh, uh, where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. You ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received my own back with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. Listen to that. For everyone who has, more will be given and he will have an abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Have you ever read that verse other places? That's some language. Jesus used that in 
different discussions and different teachings. And here we have it again. And it's a little bit annoying. But it should be a revelation to our hearts on how the kingdom of God works. Say, well, I think the Lord should just give every give to everyone equally. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't think that way. He thinks this way. I'm going to give to the ones who will do the right thing with what I give them. And I'll give everyone a chance. I'll give them something. And if they'll do the right thing with it, I'll increase them. And I'll reward them. And I'll give them more. But if someone goes and buries it in the dirt, take it away and give it to the person who has more. That sounds like the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. But this is, this is Bible. I mean, I can fix this for me. I can help fix it for someone else. But this is still going to be the principle that governs. This is still going to be the spiritual law that affects our lives and how we increase or, de- or decrease. It's totally connected to what we do with what's been given us. He expects us to do something with what he gives Amen. You know, some people will be held held accountable for ministries they never had. Some people will stand before God uh, for projects that never got off the ground. To do things that never happened. Why? Because He wanted them to. He gave them the resources, the ability, the calling to do so. But they did not do it. We're supposed to end up with more than we start with. This is interesting to me that the guy with the five and the guy with the two who both did well with what they were given they both heard the same words from from the master they both heard the language well done good and faithful servant the one who had more didn't get a bigger hug (laughs) a bigger reward a bigger well done good and faithful servant right they heard they heard the same language What's going to happen? And, and by the way, this paints a picture of a real event that's coming for all of us. It's a real event. We are all, I'm talking to believers now. If you're a believer here, if you're a Christian, if you've been saved, you have an appointment. I have an appointment. Okay? I don't need to be afraid of it. I'm looking forward to it. You have an appointment to stand at the judgment seat of Christ. It's not a heaven and hell judgment. But it is a reward or loss judgment. Okay? We are going to stand before the Lord and give an account for our lives. Again, we're already forgiven. We're already saved. We're in heaven. But what we experience and what we receive in heaven and in the millennial reign of Christ, which is the thousand-year period that comes next. It's right around the corner. It's a thousand-year period. What we're doing during that time is totally connected to what we're doing now with what he's given us. We're not going to be compared, I've said this, but with one another. And I can't do what this person can do, or, and that's not the issue. The issue is, what did I do with my two? What did I do with my one? What did I do with my five? What did I do with whatever, whatever the Lord has put in my, into my hand? And the next thing that happens is connected to it. The scripture paints the picture of us being in, in positions of rulership and reigning with, with Christ, reigning with him. And I don't know what this is all going to look like, but he says we're going to, someone will, will rule over cities. There will be natural cities here on planet earth in the millennial reign of Christ. We're going to heaven, then we're coming back, and we're going to rule and reign here. And devil's going to be bound up. It's going to be a different looking place. It's going to be pretty sweet. 
but some will have greater positions of authority and responsibility. Say, won't we all be rewarded the same, everyone who gets saved? No, salvation's the same. You know, you're, we're all forgiven. Thank God for that. We'll be thankful for that forever. Forever. But reward is not the same. Uh, say, well, no one will have any regrets in heaven, will they? I think so. I think some of us will stand up there we, as soon as we leave this life and say, thank you, Lord, I'm here. Thank you, Lord, I'm accepted, I'm forgiven. But man, I could have done more. Man, I could have, I wasted a lot of time. Man, you gave a lot of resources into my hands and I just wasted them on things that were not very important. Will there be regret? I believe there totally will be. Now, now watch, no condemnation. The Lord's not going to say, you rascal for the next, you know, couple millennia. <laughs> you, you, no, no, accept it, embrace. But rewards are hanging in the balance. We have an opportunity today. This is a great opportunity to do right during this little period of time, this little speck, speck in eternity called your physical life on earth. We have the opportunity to do things that will result in eternal reward. I mean, who's going to be... Uh, who's going to be famous, if you will, or well-known in heaven? Who's going to be held in high esteem where others walk by and they, they receive great honor? Say, will that be? Yes, that totally will be. Yeah, but you know, here's who it's not going to be. It's not going to be those who made movies on earth. It's not going to be the great athlete. It's not going to be the great politicians or our presidents or uh, you know, world leaders. Unless, unless, I mean, all those people have just as much opportunity as, as uh, the rest of us do. Unless they were faithful with what God gave them to do. Then we will also honor them and say, way to go. Yeah. But I'm telling you, there will be people that are so uh, well known or, or held in high esteem in heaven that no one cared about on earth. I mean, as far as fame or that kind of thing, no one really knew who they were. But they did the right thing with their two with their one. Huh? They stood before the Lord. He says, yeah, way to go. Nice job. Well done. You were faithful with a little. And now I'm going to make you faithful. Now I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you much. Amen? Amen. This is a future we all have to look forward to. See you there. (laughs) And uh, it's going to be great, right? Right? There's going to be a fire. There's going to be some stuff burned up. Stuff that goes away, and there's going to be great reward. But he is looking for faithfulness, isn't he? That's my goal. Say, what do you want to accomplish in life? What do you want to do? You want to build a great church? You want to have a a worldwide ministry? Pastor, what do you want to do? I want to be faithful. I want to do the right thing with what he's given me. And if he doesn't want me to do something that he wants someone else to do, fine. I'm not going to be held accountable for it. Amen. Amen. But what, he, what he's placed in our hands, we want to do the right thing with it. Available.